Welcome to the Yellow Podcast, a safe space where we have wholesome conversations on real topics such as faith, personal development, relationships, emotions, psychology, and much more. I'm your host, Akemini Steven, a personal development coach and founder of The Yellow Project. Before you begin this episode, grab a drink, get comfortable, relax, share this with your friends, and get ready to color your mind yellow. Hey people, oh my gosh, it has been so long since I recorded anything. <laughs> it's your girl, EK, and uh, yeah, we're, we're back to this. Um, we're in the month of June, so we're midway or h- halfway through the year. Um, my year has been good. Uh, good and long, you know, juggling school, juggling work, uh, juggling life, uh, spiritual life, emotional life, social life, all the lives, you know. Um, yeah, and I have not been giving my podcast a lot, a lot of love, and I really miss recording. I, you know, I just, I have so much content that I've been wanting to put out, but I've just been sitting on it because time honestly time like can anyone else relate like i feel like we like i feel like 24 hours just isn't enough time in the day like <laughs> like can we have extra time lord <laughs> anyways um <clears throat> so we're back and we're better we're back with another episode of the yellow podcast today's episode is one that i have been sitting on for several months and i'll be I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't recorded it because I really wanted to do it justice. And yeah, like I just, I was just really anxious about it. I really wanted to do it justice. Um, and yeah, I don't know if that's like a perfection, a perfection thing. I'm not sure, but it's something that I wanted to really pray about before putting out because I wanted to make sure that this episode was completely Holy Spirit led because I feel like there's somebody out there, somebody listening that needs to hear a lot of the things I'm going to say in this episode. To be honest, all of us need to hear. Like this is a very convicting episode. It was convicting for me um and this was an episode that was derived from my private time spent with the Lord. So this isn't going to be our typical uh, episode where we talk about, uh, you know, just emotional intelligence and personal development. Of course, this is a faith-based personal development podcast. So anything that pertains to communication or relationships or personal development, I am a firm believer that Jesus is still at the center of all those things. So I still believe that this episode is still going to help us you know, uh, just help us become just all-rounded, better individuals and just also help us in our intimacy with Jesus. So grab your drink for this one, grab your journal, grab your pen, grab a friend as well to listen to this episode with. Um, Before I even go into the episode, just share this, share the link with like five people, share it on your social media because this is going to be one that is is so powerful, you guys. It is so powerful. And today we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking about miracles and about serving. We're going to be talking about the heart of a servant and how miracles happen where the servants are. So this is a very, very powerful, very insightful and revelatory episode so yeah without further ado let's let's go right into it i hope you guys are comfortable so yeah let's take it away so like i said this episode was produced from private time that i spent with the lord several months back uh sometimes i you know when it comes to reading my bible sometimes i just ask the holy spirit what do you want me to read and i remember this particular day it was in the morning and the holy spirit just just said very very clear like he made it very clear to me that he want he wanted me to read the story of the wedding at cana 
And I remember in that moment just thinking, like, I don't know if this is just me or if anyone else can relate, but I just sometimes when the Lord is just like, oh yeah, read um, I don't know, the 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 crucifixion or read um the story of Lazarus or the wedding I can I'm like, Lord, I already know these stories. Like give me something, something more juicy. Like I'm always expecting some random thing like read Amos or Joel or Habakkuk or something and then the Lord would just be like um read Mary and Martha <laughs> you know and sometimes it, it's the stories that I've read over and over and over again that sometimes the Lord just tells me I want you to go back and read that story so this particular day I was looking for what to read and meditate on in the word and the Holy Spirit just clearly said I want you to read the story of the wedding at Cana and I did um, this is not a sermon, so I'm not going to go ahead and read the entire story, but I will tell you where the story is and I will summarize the story. So, um, the wedding at Cana, I mean, it's not a story. This is history because it did happen. The wedding at Cana, uh, you can read about it in the book of John chapter two from verse one to, I believe chapter uh, two, verse 12. So you can read this story in John chapter 2 from verse 1 to 12. I'm just going to summarize it. But basically, <clears throat> basically, the wedding at Cana um, is the place where Jesus's first miracle took place. It was an actual wedding <laughs> that took place at Cana that Jesus was invited to along with um, and for those who don't know, Jesus is the son of God. Um, so Jesus Christ was invited to this wedding with his mother, Mary, and his disciples. This wedding was at Cana. And, you know, back then the wedding celebrations were uh, really big. And also Cana happens to be in, in Galilee. So wedding festivities were very big back then. I mean, I, I wasn't born then, but I've heard uh, stories from... Uh, theologians about how weddings would take like several months literally <laughs> you know like weddings were a big deal um back then so yeah so jesus his mom and his disciples were invited to this wedding at cana and uh during the wedding the wine supply ran out so they ran out of wine which i presume was an important part of the festivities i mean you know I mean, yeah, some good wine just to, you know, make the guests feel feel bubbly. Everybody is having fun, you know. Wine generally uh, happens to be, like, it is it is a big thing when it comes to celebrations. Not just now, but even back then. I mean, they they drank wine, they ate, they celebrated, they enjoyed themselves. Um, so the wine supply ran out, and Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine, which I always find that interesting how they ran out of wine. And the first thing she did was not to see if there's any way that maybe alert the, the master of celebrations to see if maybe they can get more wine. The first thing she did was she turned to Jesus because she knew who her son was. And she turned to him and said, they have no more wine. And Jesus, of course, being Jesus was like, woman, <laughs> that's not my business or that's not my problem and jesus said my time has not yet come um but his mother mary still went ahead you know mothers be mothers she still went ahead and instructed the servants to do whatever jesus tells them to do so he she told the servants do whatever he tells you to do so there were about like six stone water jars um, that the Jews used for ceremonial washing. So there were six stone water jars there and they were so big they could hold 20 to 30 gallons of water. Like I need you guys to imagine that. Like that's how big the water jars were. Um, and Jesus told the servants to fill up the jars with water, right? So he told them to fill the jars with water and when they did, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So Jesus instructed them, fill the water jars with water. Because I mean, that's what they're for, right? Fill the water jars with, with water. And then he told the servants, now pour out the water and go give it to the master of ceremonies. So when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, so the water 
that that's the miracle by the way for those who don't who don't know so the water turned into wine right and so when the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine he didn't know where this water or wine came from <laughs> okay he just tasted it and then he called the bridegroom over and he said to him a host always serves the best wine first then when everyone has had a lot to drink he brings out the less expensive wine but you have kept kept the best until now so this already lets us know that this wasn't just diluted wine this wasn't just like ugh, black cheap wine this was this wine that that you know this this water that jesus turned to wine was like quality wine it tasted expensive it tasted exquisite right and so the master of ceremonies is praising the bridegroom and it's like yes like you've saved the best the best wine and then uh verse 11 says this miraculous sign at cana in galilee was the first time jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him so again this was jesus's first miracle and this was the first time that he revealed his glory so i read this and i was just like wow this is beautiful but then the Lord started to open my mind and open my heart to a lot of things in that story that I've never paid attention to before. So verse six, verse six says, standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. So guys, Try and visualize this. Picture this with me. This is a big wedding ceremony, right? This is a big celebration. There are probably, I, I can imagine this was probably a wealthy space. There are probably some wealthy individuals here, you know, some big names, some VVIPs in here. <clears throat> and verse six says, standing nearby were six stone water jars. Standing nearby to where Jesus was, right? Six stone water jars. That clearly lets us know that where Jesus was sitting was very close to where the servants were or where the kitchen was or where the preparation for the ceremony was actually taking place because why would they put two I mean six big jars in the middle of the ceremony right they wouldn't put it on the dance floor they wouldn't put it like in the middle where everyone could see it because they would need to keep filling those up with water they would need to you know be doing some behind the scenes work right so i'm just assuming right that these six stone water jars would be closer to the back end of things to the behind the scenes uh, part where the servants and you know all the least important people are actually doing a lot of the work in preparation for the ceremony and getting things uh out to the to the to the open where the the bigger people are right but it lets us know that jesus was standing nearby so jesus must have been sitting very close to the servants to the servants area to the kitchen where the preparation running around and all of that was happening right this is very interesting because again it lets us know the kind of man that jesus is sitting close to where the the servants are and everything and this was what the holy spirit was opening up my eyes to everybody always talks about the cool stuff that happened at the center of the ceremony right you can imagine i mean imagine a big wedding right where all the just all the flashiness, the, the lituation, all the fun stuff is happening in the center. Everybody wants to see that, right? Everybody wants to be close to where the important things are happening, where the important people are, right? Where the, the kings and queens are, where the wealthy people are, right? But that's not where Jesus was. Jesus was actually closer to where the servants were, right? Closer to where the water jars were. So everyone talks about what is so cool about being in the center, but people don't always talk about the, the, the blessings and the fun that come with being in the back or at the side. Because I mean, 
just imagine this. The servants, those people there at the back were the ones that were close to the Messiah. They didn't even know he was the Messiah. They, they didn't know he was the son of God, but they were in close proximity to him because they were, they were serving. They were in the position to serve, right? Now, what is so amazing about this? What is amazing about this is that this very first miracle of Jesus this first time that Jesus revealed his glory, this first revelation of the glory of Jesus Christ took place among servants, not among the kings, the queens, the wealthy people. It took place among the servants. They were the ones that actually got to witness the very first miracle. Isn't that so beautiful, you guys? Isn't that so beautiful? Like at a time where the slaves, the servants, all those people, they didn't matter. They were the ones, the ones who didn't matter were the ones that actually got to see the very first miracle take place. They didn't just get to see it, but they got to participate in it. They got to actually participate with Jesus. They got to actually partner with Jesus engage with Jesus for a miracle to birth forth and for them to actually get to witness it. Now the master of ceremonies, as we can see in, um, verse nine, when the master of ceremonies, he, I mean, he got to taste the wine and everything. And, and, and he called the bridegroom over. He, he said, a host serves the, the best wine. When everyone has had a lot, he brings out the least expensive, but you have kept the best until now. So the master of ceremonies, the bride, the grooms, you know, the, the guests, all of the important people, they partook in the miracle, right? They got to taste the wine and celebrate. They got to enjoy the miracle that happened but they didn't get to witness the miracle actually take place. They didn't get to be a part of the stages and the process of that miracle. They didn't get to have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with Jesus and to, to get to witness the first revelation of his glory. And they didn't get to have their faith stirred up. They just got to enjoy really good wine, but they didn't actually get to have their faith stirred up by Jesus. And why is that? Because they weren't the ones close enough to where Jesus was, right? They weren't the ones close enough to where Jesus was. The servants, on the other hand, they got to witness the miracle because they were already in the position to serve. They were at the location where serving was taking place. They were in close proximity to Jesus because Jesus is a servant leader. Jesus as a servant leader is always going to be at the place where serving is taking place, right? Their heart posture, the heart posture of the servants was that of serving, was of servanthood right? And so here's the beautiful, deeper revelation about this story. There are so many times we get to live in testimonies and enjoy the benefits of a miracle. I mean, so many of us are living in answered prayers of those before us. So many of us are getting to, to, to enjoy and benefit from miracles that have taken, taken place. And that is amazing. That is cool and all. But how many of us have actually gotten to be a part of the miracle that was actually taking place? How many of us have actually gotten to be in the place of serving where we get to actually have close engagement with Jesus, be in close pro proximity to him, have our faith stirred up, see his glory being revealed, and actually see every step and stage of that miracle. It's amazing and all to live, to live a life 
full of 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 blessings and all it's amazing it's amazing and all to um get to enjoy the 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 benefits of the church that you go to but how much more amazing is it when you actually got to be in the foundation of that you actually got to be behind the scenes with the people that were interceding for days weeks months years for that miracle to happen when you actually got to be a part of the servants that were running around in the back end that were in close proximity to jesus that were getting their faith stirred up and they actually got to witness the miracle take place and other people benefit from it And I just felt the Holy Spirit just telling me that it is so important for us, those listening, for myself, for all of us, to have a heart posture of a servant because it is a servant that will get to witness some of the greatest and biggest miracles to ever take place. It is not always the people that are at in the at the front seat of the church that get to witness the miracle. Sometimes it is actually the people that are all the way in the back room, the people that are behind the stage, the people that are behind the scenes, the people that are serving, whether it's in um, whether it's in in praying and intercession, whether it's in serving in the children's ministry, whether it's in serving with with uh, tech and with sound and multimedia, whether it's in uh, serving with the with the uh, crew and the social media, or whether it's whatever it is, whether it's serving with the ushers, right? But there's something so powerful that begins to happen in each and every single one of us when we're not just we're not just partaking in the miracle when we're not just coming to church on Sundays when we're not just watching cute sermons online or watching you know cute Christian videos or listening to Christian songs that other people have made there's something beautiful that gets to take place when you actually begin to serve when you actually begin to serve. In order to witness the real miracles take place, you have to be a servant. You have to be in a place and position of serving. Your heart posture has to be one of servanthood. Those are the people that really get to see Jesus. So many of us, we want to get closer to Jesus. We want to, we want to <laughs> experience miracles, right? We want to experience healing. We want to, to have, uh, to grow in the gifts, right? We want to prophesy. We want to discern. We want to witness deliverance take place. We want, you know, all these miracles. But then we only come to his presence on Sundays. We are just like those wedding guests who had no idea the actual work that was being done behind the scenes. They had no idea what actually went into that wedding ceremony. They only came to eat from the table that was already prepared. They only came to be a part of the celebration, to celebrate, to have a good time and to go back home. So many of us are like that. But how many of us are like the servants who actually stayed up all night, probably marinating the food, um, decorating the, the venue, um, you know, uh, serving the guests, preparing all the things in the back, making sure that everything goes well. How many of us are like those people? Because I just felt the Lord just saying, That a lot of the things that you are looking for, the intimacy that you're looking for, the closeness and your closeness to God that you're looking for is found backstage, is found behind the scenes when you are serving. I'll give an example because, you know, I'm talking about serving, but a perfect example would be in church. You know, I, I keep using church as an example because I just really feel convicted to just talk about this. I, I, I don't know why. I just really feel convicted to talk about this. Like I've said, it is one thing to be a church member, but it is another thing to be a volunteer in the church. It is another thing to actually be a volunteer in the church. 
I've been a member of my church since like 2017. So for how many years is that? Six years? Probably about uh, around like six years. I've been a member of the church for like six years. And, you know, attending service every Sunday, you know, it's great. Service Attending service is great. You know, it's great. But there was a shift that happened in my Christian life when I wasn't just attending service, but I was actually volunteering on teams and ministries within the church. So for me, I serve on the prayer team. I serve in the inner healing and deliverance ministry at my church. And I also serve as a small group leader at my church. So when I started to volunteer and serve in these areas, was really when I started to transform spiritually, emotionally, all the illies, right? This was really where, this was really when things started to change. And I'll tell you that Sunday service increased my conviction because that's what Sunday service is for. It's for the teaching, you hearing the message, right? It's for you hearing the message about the gospel, about repentance and, and, uh, yeah, you being, you being filled up, you being taught Sunday service definitely increased my conviction, but guys, increasing your conviction is not the end. That's not where it stops because what happens when you go to church on a Sunday and you know, the Lord stirs up that conviction inside of you and you start to feel, I really need to read my Bible more. I really need to pray more. I really need to be more patient. I really need to be more kind, all these different things. That's what Sunday service is for, right? It's to convict you, to bring you closer to Jesus. So Sunday service convicts you to come closer to Jesus. But when you leave Sunday service and you return to your day-to-day life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and you just carry on with your life, what happens within that period? That conviction just dies down. There's nothing to actually push you towards there's nothing to actually push you towards transformation, right? You're getting convicted, yes. But then what happens with that conviction during the week after Sunday? And then you go next Sunday, you get convicted again, you feel really good, you feel like, yes, I really want to be closer to God. You go back to your regular routine and that's it. But there's something powerful that happens when you don't just attend Sunday service, but you actually serve, right? So for me, what did that look like? Serving on the prayer team, you guys, bruh, like for years I've been praying to the Lord, like I really, I, I, I have that desire in my heart. Like I really wanted to be more prayerful. Like I wanted to be, you know, like a prayer warrior and intercessor. I wanted to be all those things, but I was struggling with actually like, uh, with, with actually transitioning from just having the desires to actually walking in that. And then the Lord put it on my heart to join the prayer team some years back. I joined and, you know, it was hard at first because, you know, we have meetings like every Wednesday. We have to actually like, you know, those connection cards at church. We have to actually go through everyone's prayer, prayer requests and pray and intercede for every single person. We have to stay back after service and pray for people. These are different things, right? That those that are just coming to church on Sunday aren't really like seeing, but then we have to actually be a part of all of that now when i tell you guys that that is actually what helped to increase my 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 desire to pray and it not just increased it but i began to see growth and consistency in my prayer life why because i was actually close to those who were praying because i was actually behind the scenes on the prayer team serving other people. You see, God is a very interesting God. The God we serve is very interesting. The things that you're praying for, the things that you are praying for, you will actually find that the Lord will answer those prayers the minute you begin to serve other people. The minute you begin to serve other people. And so the more I served on the prayer team, it started to not just not just that I was serving on the team, but in my private life, I was actually praying even more and I was seeing God move in that area. Same thing with being in, 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 in small group, leading a small group. Now leading a small group is not, 
easy, okay? I mean, I lead a small group, uh, I lead my small group every week, Tuesday nights, and so I have to actually prepare the content before the ladies in my small group gather, right? I have to be thinking of each and every single member of my small group, thinking of them by name, praying by name, praying for them, reaching out to them, you know, um, okay, the thing we prayed about last week, where are you at with that now? All these different things, right? All of that come with being a small group leader. It is servanthood. It is serving. And there's something powerful that happens in that because whenever we have small group and the ladies in my small group come and tell me, oh yes, um, that message we talked about last week, that was exactly what I needed to hear. Like (laughs) those, those are the miracles. You guys, when the ladies in my small group, when they say, When I see that they're not the same people that they were when they started attending small group, when I see the growth, the ones who were struggling with prayer, now they're praying even more. The ones who were struggling with reading their word, now they're reading their word even more. Some people even come to small group with a burden and then they say that what we actually discussed in small group is exactly what they needed to hear. Guys, these are miracles taking place. A lot of times we're waiting to see the, like the really big miracles, which they are happening, but let's not lose sight of the day to day miracles that God is doing. The reason why those miracles, we're not seeing them as anything is because we're not even close to where the serving is taking place. If you are close to where the serving is taking place and you're seeing and you're having to put in the work consistently every single day, every single week. It no longer is just tasteful wine. No, it's a miracle. Do you see the difference to the guests, to the important people? It was just really good wine. It was really good wine for a really good wedding. But to the people in the back, it was more than wine. It was water that turned into wine. It was Jesus Christ giving them instructions and then them seeing the glory of God being revealed. It was their faith being stirred up in the middle of their busy, chaotic time and schedule serving and making sure everything was going well. It was more than good wine. It was a miracle for them. That is so powerful, you guys. It is a miracle. To be serving on the inner healing and deliverance ministry at church. And you actually see people that they came into church bound. And now they're set free. They feel light. They look joyful. They're happy. They're happy. They look happier than they've ever been. Even with all the money they have. And all the relationships they've had. And you know just all the good food they've had. All of those things that please and satisfy and gratify our flesh. They look even happier just because they got to experience the miracle that is being set free from bondage. Guys, there's so many miracles that the Lord wants to show you, but he is calling you to come closer, to go deeper, to be in close proximity to him. And Jesus is a servant leader. If you are looking for Jesus, go find the servants. If you're looking for where Jesus is, go find the servants. Go to where the servants are because that is where Jesus is. Jesus is a servant. Jesus is a servant leader. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to have the heart posture of a servant. You don't go into a space just wanting to rip rip from other people's hard work, right? You go into a space asking, do you guys need help with anything? How can I come in here and help? And I wish that that is how we saw spaces. Even when you, when you you look at the church, you don't come into the church and just come in there to benefit from the good worship that all the worship leaders had to, you know, uh, just practice and practice and practice, right? You don't just come in and just take and take, right? You come in and your heart posture should be, how can I help here that right there is the heart of a servant and it is the servant that will see the miracle so what miracles are you what what miracles are you praying for what miracles are you looking for i just hear the lord saying that miracle it's where the servants are that is that is where you will witness the miracle i can go on and on and give so many examples <laughs> But man, going to church 
will convict you to be a better a better person. But consistently serving in church right next to Jesus is actually what transforms you into a better person. And church is just an example. But there's so many ways and places in our lives that we can apply this. In our relationships, when you go into your relationships, do you go in as one of the guests at the wedding or do you go in as one of the servants at the wedding? Do you go in thinking, how can I serve here? How can I serve here? Rather than, what can I take from here? Rather than, I just came here to have a good time and to enjoy this. Because when you come in with the heart posture of how can I serve here, you will see the miracles happen. That is where you will see the miracles happen. I remember <clears throat> um, there's this program in my ministry. It's called School of Empowerment. It happens every year, every summer. Um, and it's basically a, a one-week program of just like teaching of the Holy Spirit. So they teach you about the Holy Spirit. Um, there's also um, a lot of activation of gifts, uh, prophetic gifts, you know, um, gift of, of faith, um, deliverance, healing, all the different gifts. You actually... Uh, get to you actually get to learn about them you get to witness um people that are gifted in these you get to wit witness god work through them and then they impart those gifts to you and you get to actually activate those gifts and practice within the safe environment of the class right and so um i went there as a student in 2018 and after that you know it was great being a student being a student is it was amazing because i mean I got to be front and center with all of this, right? Like, I, I'm the one receiving the prophecies. I'm the one receiving the healings. I'm the one getting delivered. I'm the one receiving, right? So being a student was amazing. It was empowering. But then after that experience, I just kept feeling the Holy Spirit telling me that he wanted me to go back there and to actually serve as an intern. You know, you've been a student, great. Now I want you to not, you've been in the front and center, great. Now I want you to be in the back and see what that's like over there. And I can tell you guys that there was a huge difference. Being a student was amazing. I got to take things in for myself, right? I got to grow. My faith got stirred up. All of that, it was amazing. But then being an intern and getting to serve with the others, I got to actually use the different things that I, I received from my time as a student, I got to actually use it to serve other people. And guys, it is so different. Yes, it wasn't easy because, bruh, <coughs> the interns, we had to wake up. I was waking up at like 6 a.m. And anyone who knows me knows 6 a.m. for me is midnight. I don't, uh-uh. Like, that for me, that's, why am I waking up before the chickens? Everybody should be asleep at that time. I had to wake up around that time, you know, come to the church earlier than, we had to come earlier than the students. We had to set up, you know, the snacks, the drinks, the food, water, everything. We had to put out the chairs, set up everything. We had to go into the classroom and then pray over the entire space, pray over the students. Um, we had to pray over each other as well. Just kind of like consecrate the entire day and the entire a class into the hands of God. Now the students that come in every day, right? They get to be a part of these classes, but they don't get to see what actually takes place before the class actually happens. They don't get to see the work that is actually going on in the kitchens or in the in the in the smaller classrooms behind where we're praying and the Lord is revealing to us that there's some students coming in here with anxiety. I want you to pray for them. The Lord was getting really specific, right? There's there's a student coming in here. She needs help in this area. I want you to pray for them, right? Now, these people have no idea that they're intercessors, they're servants that are literally in the back praying for them to actually experience freedom, to actually experience breakthrough, and to actually get closer to Jesus, right? That right there, guys, is also a miracle, Getting to be in the front and center and, you know, receive these prophecies, get healed, receive healing, receive deliverance. That is great. That is Jesus moving. That is, those are miracles, yes. But do not forget the miracles that happen with the people in the back. Because those are the really 
powerful miracles. They might look small, but those are really the times where you're seeing Jesus's glory being revealed and he's stirring up your faith. He's showing you. Remember that girl I told you would come to the class that was dealing with this? This is what I want to do for her. Pray for her. And then after class, when you actually see that person and you and she's sharing her testimony before the class, there's this joy that you feel knowing, wow, God, Jesus, you did that. God, you're so good. You did that. It's a miracle for the girl, right? But it's also a miracle for you because it even stirs up your faith because you get to see how Jesus moves, the process by which he moves. If you want to be like Jesus and be near to him, you have to be where the servants are. If you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be near to Jesus, if you want to be in close proximity to Jesus, you need to go to where the servants are. You need to serve. You need to ask for a heart posture of servanthood. That is where Jesus is. That is where the miracle you're looking for is. Now, another thing I want to mention in verse 9, um, it says, When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. First of all, I just love that. I just love that. He didn't know where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. Again, to my point, the servants were really the ones who the servants were really the ones who who had the, the the greatest wealth there because they they got to actually see that very first miracle and they got to witness the glory of God being revealed for the very first time. But anyways, back to verse 9. Um he called the bridegroom over and then he said a host always serves the best wine first, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. So, the master of celebrations after tasting the new wine, he didn't give praise to Jesus or to the servants, right? Because again, he didn't even know to give praise to, to them. He didn't um, acknowledge them. He didn't praise them for um, what they had done. He didn't say, wait, who is the one who turned this wine into wine? Go and call Jesus. I want to meet this man. He didn't say any of that, right? Who did he call? He called the bridegroom and he praised the bridegroom. But they had nothing to do with the miracle that just happened. And so I just felt the Lord saying, this right here is the hard part about servanthood. Is that it attacks our ego and pride. Because pride wants to take the glory at all times. Pride wants to say, no, I did that, not them. Like, wait, he should be honoring me. I'm the one who did that, right? That's what pride wants to do. But that's not servanthood. Servanthood is not about taking the glory. It is about laying your life and serving the Lord. That's what servanthood is about, right? There will be times when you feel like you're serving, but you're not getting recognized. Just like in this story, there will be times where you feel like you did the work behind the scenes and you weren't even given any recognition, any acknowledgement, any praise, any honor, none of that. But always remember that the real reward is being recognized by the Father. The real re reward is being recognized by your Father in heaven and being transformed to be more like him. Jesus didn't get a thank you. Jesus didn't get a, I mean, Jesus didn't get anything from that. He didn't, he probably didn't even enjoy the wine as much as, I mean, Jesus didn't get anything from that, right? It was the bride and the bridegroom, the master of ceremonies. They were the ones, right, that got to enjoy that moment. They were the ones that the guests probably went home thinking, wow, you know, like, oh, that wedding was so amazing. Those people see, they are, see the kind of wine that they provided, but none of them have any clue whatsoever what actually went in to getting that wine there. None of them have any clue as to, as to how and why that wine is a miracle right and so i'm just saying this to encourage someone because 
Again, servanthood, it attacks our pride and it attacks our ego, guys. Like you will have those moments where you are laying down your life and you're serving and you have to check the motive of that. Always, always be willing to, uh, to allow the Lord to search your heart, to pray that prayer, Lord, search my heart, because the Lord will reveal to you, are you doing this for me or are you doing this for, for you so you can get recognized, so you can take the glory? Because it's very easy, it's very, and it happens to all of us. You know, there are definitely times when I contribute to something, you know, I help out or I serve, and it does feel good to hear like, you know, uh, I can't really thank you so much for all that you did. You know, it does feel good, but I need that constant reminder that in order to be a servant like Jesus, to be, to have a, a, a heart posture of a servant, I have to be willing to go the extra mile with my obedience to serve with all I have and to sacrifice like Jesus. I have to be willing to do all that and be willing to do it without getting any recognition or honor or praise or acknowledgement whatsoever. I'm not saying that it's not good for people to recognize people. I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not talking about, like, your work. Like, you know, if you write a book or something, I mean, that's your work. You know what I mean? I'm talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about when you, when you serve. I'm talking about when you serve. Okay, we should serve without wanting anything back. We should serve without wanting any glory or recognition because the glory goes to the Lord. The glory goes to the Lord, you know? So always remember that. Always remember that the goal of it, the real reward is to be more like him, to be more like Jesus, to be recognized by your father in heaven to be transformed to have your faith stirred up right that is the beauty of it that is the real beauty so it doesn't matter that the guests that the master of ceremonies that none of them recognized or honored the, they didn't call out the servants and line them up and call them by name and say let's give a shout out to these guys for all they didn't do any of that but that's okay because what those guys went home with is greater than any praise or recognition they could have gotten from that wedding. What they went home with, what they went home with is even more powerful. They will never be the same again. And so, so yeah, I just really, just really wanted to share this because I, I believe that in this season that the Lord wants to raise up servants, not just partakers, not just people that are benefiting from, from what he's doing but from people that want to partner up with him, that want to participate actively in what he's doing. He's looking for people on this earth that want to partner up with him and serve for the good of other people, for the good of the kingdom. Are you going to be one of those people? Yeah. So that's it. That's, 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 what I came here to say today. It's it was supposed to be shorter than this, but this is what the Lord, you know, wanted me to to share on my podcast. And I'm definitely um I'm going I'm going to be, you know, because I yeah, I've been feeling very convicted recently to to walk in obedience and to not just share the the topics that I see as fun that will get me more listeners, but to actually share the topics that the Lord himself says, I want you to record this. I want you to put this out. I want my people to, to listen to this because y'all been reading that story and <laughs> that story is deeper than what y'all are seeing in there. Okay. So I even encourage you guys to go read that story again and really ask the Lord, how can I be a servant? I want to get closer to you. I want to be in closer proximity to you. I want to share intimacy with you, Lord. So how can I be more like a servant? What in my life is not giving servanthood? You know, how can I really lay down my life and be a servant? 
be honest with him. Lord, I want to see miracles. I want to see lives changed in my family. I want healing in this area, in this emotional area, this mental area, or even this this physical area, Lord. I just I want to see I want to see something, Lord. I want to witness a miracle. He wants you to as well, but he wants you to be willing to don't just come on Sundays to 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 witness a miracle. Don't just get into spaces, into events, into relationships, you know, benefiting from the work of others and and you're wanting to witness a miracle. You have to be willing to be that person that is ready to to serve even when eyes aren't watching. You're serving by interceding for your friends and your family in prayer. They have no idea that you're doing that. They have no idea that their name is on your prayer wall. You're doing that. But that right there is where you will see a miracle. You will see a miracle. You will see it. So yeah, that is it for today. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to my episode. Um, Yeah, and hopefully I have more time to put more stuff out. Um, at this point, I honestly just record whenever I, ha- I have the free time to. Um, so I just need to manage my time better. Um, I definitely want to pull more stuff out because I really miss recording. I miss recording and I miss putting stuff out and I miss interacting with you guys on Instagram and on Spotify and in my emails and on Anchor and in my DMs. I really miss that. So I'm definitely going to try and be putting more episodes out. But in this current season, I'm telling you now, it will not be every week. It will be every other week. (laughs) But, you know, um, definitely um, feel free to leave a comment. Feel free to DM me at my personal. My personal Instagram is at K-E-M-X-V-I. Feel free to DM me. Um, Yeah, feel free to interact with me. I really want to know what you took out of this uh, episode um and just how this episode has blessed you and uh if you you know if you if you want to share any testimonies any transformation miracles you know anything that you're that the lord is doing in your life feel free to also share that in the comments so love you guys god bless you stay tuned for the next episode and bye Thank you for listening to The Yellow Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, share, leave a comment, and subscribe. If you would like to stay up to date with more content and information, follow us on Instagram at The Yellow Podcast. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching to take your personal development to the next level, visit our website, www.theyellowproject.com, check out our services, and book a session. The Yellow Podcast is powered by Anchor, a podcast distributing platform. See you guys next time.